is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Today is Tuesday, January 30th, and we are 86 days away from the NFL Draft in Detroit, Michigan. Welcome into the Draft Show presented by Miller Lite, live from the SWBC studio here at the Star in Frisco. It is All-Star Game Week inside these buildings, inside these walls, and then out in Mobile, Alabama as well. We've got the Shrine Bowl in town and the Senior Bowl underway. Practices starting this morning from Alabama. We have Nick Harris out there. We'll talk to him in a moment. But inside the studio, we've got Bobby Belt, Zach Wolchuk, Brian Broaddus, Aisha Morrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans. This is an exciting time of year. Brian, I mean, you look at the prospects, you get to look at the film, you yeah. get to look at all of this information that just is flooding in at this point. Yeah, and what we do is we've all studied the tape, and now you get to see the body types, and now you get to see the movements and stuff live. And that's the one thing that really helps you when you're evaluating these players. That's where these scouts go on the road all year long. What are they doing? They're going to practices. They're watching the tape in the morning. They're catching the practice in the afternoon. They're getting body types. They're getting shapes. They're getting movements. They're getting all these things. So it's been a really – this is one of the best times to kind of fill in. Uh, You're not going to see all the guys, but you're going to get an idea of some of the top ones in the country, and I think that will help. And then you get to the combine, and you'll see even more movement skills, and that will kind of like, okay – I watched a tape the other day. Penn State was playing Michigan. Oh, I saw him do this. Yep, he could do that. I remember, oh, the short shuttle. He's quick doing that. Yep, that makes. So everything kind of comes together for you when you get to this point. It's a lot of fun, Aisha. You've been out at the Shrine Bowl this past week, getting mm-hmm. your eyes on Heck players. Yeah. Got the rosters in front Maybe of you I'm and everything. <laughs> Y'all, don't blame me. Yeah, how how has it been out there, though? Um, no, it's been cool. Uh, I, I enjoyed the Shrine Bowl just because – I think um, you find some players there that, you know, maybe haven't gotten a whole bunch of looks and maybe haven't gotten the most attention. But when you look at a guy like even like Wanye Thomas, who was in the Shrine Bowl, and we talk about yeah. we think he's one of the more up-and-coming players on this roster, it's it's a dope opportunity for some of these guys to get um, looks. And, and it's it's the best on the best, you know what I'm saying? And, that, and that's when you find out who's really the best, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those 1v1s, man. That, that's what it's all about. And I think it's fun. We talked uh, last week with Dane about Stiggers, you know, the, the Canadian football. And, and he ev- stood out, the, dog. the breakdown, it's been exactly what you saw, yes. right? He's going to go ahead and put his sideline, go go square, sideline to the body here. Mm-hmm. And then he's made some plays on the ball. I mean, 1v1s yeah. against some of these. And Frank Gore Jr. is another guy, right? You look at some of these dudes played smaller competition. How are they when they get to match up against a dude that's coming from LSU right. or Alabama? That type of stuff. Because I think, uh, oh, we might have bumped it, but we're good. We're good. Yeah, you're back. Bumped her back. But Frank Orr Jr. is a guy that I was watching last night. Kind of caught my eye because we were going through the Shrine Bowl stuff. He's dominating against the Appalachian states. I mean, yeah. we got we we saw a lot of Conference USA football yeah. being North Texas Mean Green. Mm-hmm. But I felt like he was in school for like twelve. years. He was, and two years ago I went back watched him in twenty twenty family <laughs> tradition yeah. against Miami. And isn't it weird that one's going to make you feel a little bit old? Oh yeah. But he's a guy that I think dominated when he was supposed to mm-hmm. right at Southern Miss against some of these lower level competition. But when you get to see him in these type of environments, these practices, but also going back and watching against Miami, this dude can just play. Yeah. I mean, he's got some special elements to his game is a little bit smaller but then when yeah. you get to see him in person i mean all these things plus 
the personalities of these guys, I also think is super important. I mean, we talk about that a lot with quarterbacks, but what kind of makes these guys tick, right? How much do they love the game? We've been taking notes. Man, I'm watching this dude play. It seems like he loves the game of football. You're able to tell in person when you actually get to see these dudes. Yeah, I wanted to comment on stickers real quick. I I literally wrote down, he don't know no better, so he does it. Hmm. Yeah, because he's, he's super raw. He, exactly. And yeah. so you see him, and there's times where it looks like he got turned, but his hips are so – he can flip him so quick. He can yeah. recover. He just has a nose for the ball. Um, but I had the opportunity to meet him yeah. um, in interviews on the first day, um, and he just exudes confidence, y'all. Like, he's so – he got that chip on his shoulder, you know, guy that maybe everybody doesn't think can really play. But when you look for a corner, that's what you're looking for. And he has, like, boatloads of it. He so does. it's been really dope to see his play translate this week um, in drills and in um, seven versus seven. Well, and size-wise, like, I think his arm length kind of stood out as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, he's this a great build. It's pretty long. You mentioned the recovery ability. Yeah. That's something, too. He's just unique. For a guy that hasn't played the sport a ton, he just kind of got these raw instincts that you look for. And I think, I mean, it, the more he gets to play, the better coaching he gets. This guy seems like the limit for a player like that. And if DQ's coming back, he looks... <laughs> kind of looks the part. He kind of looks like. You don't have to whisper it. It could happen. He kind of looks like the corners they like. Yeah. It's just saying. It's the mold. Go ahead. What you got, well, Bobby? Yeah, very well could happen. No, I, I actually, I really love what Shrine has done and like what Shrine's become. I think Eric Galco's done a fantastic no job doubt. building that up the way he has. That was kind of an afterthought yeah. for a long time. Uh, similar to like, you know, they would put it in the same like, oh, okay, you get the NFL PA game. You get the Shrine Bowl. Those aren't going to be nearly as significant as the Senior Bowl. But I mean, they've got some real talent here this yes. week. I mean, you know, they've got Edge Cooper here from Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. John Brooks is a big one. I, I think there's just, a, they've done a really good job of kind of stacking things up. And Dallas gets such a huge advantage, I feel like, just being able to have that here yes. at home. Take advantage of that lead for senior bowl run through it's it's just this is the marathon sprint right here and the offensive line play we've talked about that the entire time it it seems like these offensive linemen and how about these dakota schools i was mentioning that yesterday last year we talked cody malk out of north dakota state south dakota state's got some boys this year man the Mm -hmm. offensive line play is just super impressive right now yeah, and hey, that South Dakota State teams won back-to-back national sure championships have. at the FCS level. Both those schools know this area pretty yeah, well. Yeah, I was about to say, they're pretty welcome here in Frisco. They've been here a time or two. They need but... to pay taxes there <laughs> so much. <laughs> now, you're, you're, we're talking about Shrine, and we are going to talk a little bit more about what we've seen this week and what has stuck out. But today was the first practice of, of the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama, and one of our very own, Nick Harris, is out in Mobile. He is on the sideline as we speak, and he's also on the phone line as we speak. Ooh, Sam Hartman just completed a really long pass. Nick, what's going on? What are you seeing down there in Mobile? Yeah, what's going on, fellas? Yeah, just saw that Sam Hartman pass down to Roman Wilson, a, a Michigan wide receiver down the middle. Yeah, it's looking pretty good out here. I, we've only been about through about an hour of uh, team drills, so really just kind of getting a feel of how these guys move around, the instincts that they kind of have, uh, getting a good feel as they start to get comfortable being in this senior bowl environment. But uh, so far, you can definitely tell which uh, which are the standouts and which are the guys that we are really looking forward to this week. You can see which ones are popping and which ones are taking a minute to kind of get adjusted. But uh, so far, it's been so good. Now, you've talked about Jackson Powers Johnson, the center from Oregon, on this show a couple of times. I know earlier in the day you were talking about how much he's already stood out what's going on with with jackson powers johnson and how is he impressing you so far yeah 
he's looked really good, guys. I mean, that strong anchor that, you know, we've been able to see on film and, and we've been able to see from him in his time at Oregon, both at center, right guard, left guard. He's showing all of that so far today in the one-on-one settings. He was taking a lot of reps at center, but also took a few at right guard and he didn't lose one rep. It looked really good. I mean, he gets those back feet down in the turf and he drives forward. It's been really tough to get around him so far. So uh, as I see it right now, probably the most consistent offensive lineman through that first little one-on-one session, uh, each offensive lineman probably got about four or five reps. But, you know, so far he's looking really good. He's taken to coaching. And, you know, he just turned 21 a couple of weeks ago. I mean, this is a guy that could be a franchise changer at center, I think, for any franchise that gets him. I'm starting to think it's going to be tough for him to slip Mm -hmm. to 24 if we're talking Cowboys. Hey, Nick, I I know there needs to be two of you to split and watch the practice to to, to cover it the way. But where have you found, like, the most scouts? Was there huge crowds around the one-on-one with the linemen? Where where do you think all the NFL guys are focusing their attention right now? Yeah, most definitely the linemen. We've talked about this tackle class quite a bit. But also, there's some really good interior guys here in Mobile uh, this week. So being able to kind of pair both of those things, that's where you're going to find most of the 32 teams being able to kind of hover around. But uh, also saw them uh, quite a bit with the linebacker group here in this first practice. Here on this team, you got Cedric Gray from North Carolina, Peyton Wilson from North Carolina State, uh, Maris Lewisau from uh, Notre Dame. We've talked about all three of those guys on the show. Uh, Scouts have definitely been hang- hanging around those guys as well. What about the quarterbacks? I think that we talked last week with Dan. You got Bo Nix, you got Michael Penix Jr., but we're watching Sam Hartman now. We were just talking before the show started. Hartman's a guy that there just doesn't seem to be a lot of buzz about right now from Notre Dame. Yeah, absolutely. And so far, he had that really nice pass across the middle to Roman Wilson earlier. And, you know, he's looked pretty good so far. It's kind of tough to get a full, uh, complete scope of these quarterbacks so far. They've just now started to put the ball through the air as far as routes on air. Uh, They were doing one-on-ones with running backs and linebackers a little bit earlier. So more so short to intermediate work. But all three, uh, they've looked good. They're getting adjusted here. Um, I I really like what I've seen from uh, Sam Harmon, as you said. And Michael Penix has had a couple of moments as well. Nick, the safety position hasn't really gotten any love for real in the last couple seasons I feel like um, are there any safeties down there that you are interested in looking at and kind of keeping your eye on yeah absolutely I'm looking at Cole Bishop out of Utah he's in this group that I've seen so far here early in the morning I really like what I see from him when you talk about being able to kind of identify instincts early on he's one of them and they, they've trusted him in some single high opportunities here in this early uh, in this early practice session really like what I've seen from him and then this DB group as a whole there's some versatile guys that are kind of around you're kind of seeing some guys move around Evan Williams from Oregon you've seen him line up at safety come down to nickel um, he's done some good work as well and then uh, Bo Smith Wade out of uh, Washington State kind of similar stuff so yeah those are, those are some guys I'm definitely looking at in the defensive backfield. Nick, we appreciate you doing some great work down there in Mobile. We will check back in with you on Thursday. Sounds like there's a lot going on behind you as well. Always fun down there. Enjoy your time. Get some seafood and and have a good one. Thanks, guys. We'll definitely come back on Thursday with some more. There you go. There's Nick Harris. He will be back Thursday for the show. But, I mean, what a time it is. Mm. Brian, you were talking about it a moment ago. Just. Every oh, God, rep, I love this. Every rep matters for these yeah. guys. Yeah, it does. And what's really cool is the NFL. It used to be for my era where the teams, the two worst teams in the league, were getting to coach. Yeah. You know, and it you almost felt like those guys were being punished. <laughs> you know, the way. But now you have the way the league has set it up, where these young assistant coaches they're giving them opportunities to be coordinators, a head coach. Uh, you know, uh, set a game plan together. I mean, they're giving them great experience, and so their enthusiasm along with the players' enthusiasm, along with all the buzz with the media and the scouts and stuff in the building, make this just such a fun event 
for evaluation. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it is it is uh, it's it's uh, uh, Jim Nagy does a hell of a job picking that team. I mean, this is not just show up the week before and get a bunch of guys together. This is a year long process, and the way that Nagy puts it together with the help of the scouts and the general managers around the league. Mm-hmm. That's why Nick Harris is able to talk about seven or eight different, and you got some of the top quarterbacks here, you know, throwing in, uh, as I usually would say, good versus good here. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the, that's the great thing about, uh, about the senior bowl and what we have going forward. Yeah. And you mentioned there, like what Nagy's done with the senior bowl and how they grind you around, because that's the thing is that it's, he's turned it into its own scouting organization. He does. He's like, got scouts. I, he's like it. a 33rd team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, they, and they've had guys hired away from the senior bowl in recent years, guys who were on those scouting staffs that now they're area scouts with other teams. Right. Like it's been a really good pipeline, not just for talent, but like talent evaluators. And so that's something that I know there's, there's a lot of respect for the feedback that was given in, in the past. I, you know, not to call any names, but in the past there, it felt like there was a sense around the league that like there were favors being done at times sure. or like, oh, you're, you're helping an agent out here or something like that. There's not going to be any of that no. at the Senior Bowl these days. Jim Nagy is committed to making it like, and, and he'll take feedback. If they, if they don't grade right. somebody similarly, if they say, hey, we want to see this guy out there, they get him out there. And so this is always a really good week. I cannot wait to get a chance to look at the practice stuff and, and get a look at the tape because there's just a lot, you know, here that we can glean from this week because of the, com- the competition and the level of play that's really stepped up in recent years. Now, we talked about it a little bit last week, just leading into this week, but you, you, you've had so many connections around the league where do you feel like the hotbed of talent is from a position standpoint at the senior bowl because everybody views it differently dane's gonna look at it differently than brian brian different than bobby but you're hearing stuff from around the league of how these positions line up in mobile yeah i think like the the common thing that you hear a lot is just how deep the offensive line class is just around you know the entire landscape this year and so i I think there's a lot of interest in you know the offensive line that are there i'm curious i've seen i know he took the invite and there's not a lot of clarity about whether he's on the roster whether he's practicing this week but graham barton from duke like that's somebody who i know people are interested in because his measurements are going to be significant even if he's kicking inside to center questions about the arm length stuff like that i think that the one-on-ones will be big for him if he's out there if he's able to take advantage of that that's not gotten a lot of clarity but just in general you hear a lot of scouts talking about that the offensive line play is going to be big that was one of the things we heard too about shrine yeah that shrine had a lot of you know really good value guys here at offensive line on both sides that they were excited about so offensive line focus i, I think obviously people the, the big thing for Penix is going to be medical um but seeing guys like Penix and nicks and some of these older quarterbacks that are going to be on display this has been a a breeding ground and and, and a difference maker week for quarterbacks in the past. Phillip Rivers vaulted way up to the top of the draft board and the draft conversation after senior bowl years ago. Dak Prescott made a big impression on the Cowboys here. Absolutely, yeah. And so I I think quarterbacks, this is always a big week for them when you can see them in the setting. Baker Mayfield, I know, had a lot of people were impressed that he showed up and competed when he did a couple years ago. So quarterback is always a big one with with the guys that are out there. And we mentioned Hartman, Penix, uh, Knicks. I I think this is a big week for those guys too. Hey, Gaden O'Connell helped himself last year. Yes, he did. He, he certainly had a big one. But I, I am pumped about these quarterbacks because I think everybody's looking at them very differently. You know, Bo Nix is a guy that you're seeing now in the first round in some mocks. You know, we've been talking to Dane. He might, some teams might have him as the number one, number two quarterback. I don't see that from Bo Nix. I've got like a third-round grade on him. To me, I think he was definitely helped in the offense that he was in. You don't see him reading the field a ton. It's kind of first read, boom, get the ball out. He had one of the quickest time of releases for the football in all of, the, in all of college football. I mean, Troy Frank 
Franklin, I think he's an absolute stud. He had a ton of talent around him. From Oregon, right? Yeah, from Oregon. Yeah. So Bo Nix will be an interesting study this week because Michael Penix, to me, I think is a better prospect. I think Penix throws maybe the best deep ball that I've seen in this draft. I know Caleb Williams is just an absolute freak show as well, but... I love being able to watch both of them together. And then you've got two family bloodlines with Luke McCaffrey Mm -hmm. and then Brendan Rice, Jerry Rice's son as well. And I was seeing the NFL Network interviewing Brendan Rice earlier. You know, McCaffrey's a guy, just played at Rice. We talk about that level of competition. How does he do Mm -hmm. in one of these? I mean, we've seen a Cooper Cup several years ago go and just absolutely dominate at the Senior Bowl. So that's what these are all about. Some of these guys that maybe the, the quarterbacks think you can get a lot from, to Bobby's point, but also some of the, the dudes, as I mentioned, you played at Rice, the, the North Dakota States, and I, I'm interested to see some of these bloodlines because we have a ton in this draft. It seems like more than ever. I Jeremiah can... Trotter oh, Jr., yeah, yeah. we talked about as well. I mean, there's so many legacy guys in this draft class. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. Well, when you asked the question, Kyle, you know, what position do you think you know people are looking at? Wide receiver is, is pretty deep, this draft, and it's interesting, too, because I, I wrote down back to normal kind of because last year we talked about it it was so many smaller Mm -hmm. guys and and you were uh, there was concern about the guy's size and all that stuff and this year it's like 510, 511, 6'1. Like it's, it's only like a couple guys who are 5'10, 5'11. Most of these guys are over six foot, yeah. um, big catch radiuses and things like that. So I, I do think this is this wide receiver class could be important to um, some teams deciding to maybe try to get over the hump and, and get a second or third guy to be able to make a difference on their teams this year. Yeah. One of my favorite things about working here is whenever you're having normal conversations just in the building at lunch. Stuff like this pops up. And one of the conversations we had uh, among – it was Nick Harris and a couple of others in the group, and we were talking about it yesterday. What happens if a 2020 situation happens where you need these other positions? You need a run stuffer. You need yeah. offensive linemen. You need a, a defensive end or, or two or linebackers. There are positions of need for the Cowboys, but you're looking up and you're at 24, and then all of a sudden – You've got a guy that's fallen in your lap. You've got a an, a, a Dunsey, a, a Coleman, a Troy Franklin from Oregon. I mean, you've got these guys falling in your lap. Do you entertain the option at wide receiver? Because you have C.D. Lamb. Outside of that, you're bringing back Brandon Cooks. You're bringing back Jalen Tolbert. Who knows what Michael Gallup's future is in the building? Brian, would you entertain that just because of how talented this wide receiver class is am, yet again? I am always about the stack. Right. I am always, I you know, and I, I will die on that hill yeah. about the stack because I feel like that if you don't window dress your board and you put those players on that board where you would take them and you have the opportunity to grab them, I'll never forget this. We were in a draft uh, where it was the Quincy Carter draft with the Cowboys, and we didn't have a first-round pick, and we had a first-round grade on Kendrell Bell, a uh, linebacker from Georgia. Hmm. First round grade. We don't have a first round pick. It gets to us at, at the second round, and we took Quincy Carter. Mm-hmm. And I understand we didn't have a quarterback and all that. That was it's a long story how that all went, but we that was our last first round guy on the board. And Kendall Bell ended up being uh, AFC. Took, Pittsburgh took him right after us, and he ended up being AFC Defensive Rookie of the Year. And you just that right there always confirmed to me like if you trust your board and put the players where they need to be, uh, the draft gods will bless you in a lot of ways. <laughs> and so I'm always about that. If you know if the discussion turns into, you know, don't jump tags. You know, if you set your board how you feel how it goes, and you could go you could go right. 
a lot of the time if you just follow exactly what your board tells you to go. And I think that could happen, especially to offense. Offensive line is important because uh, teams need better offensive linemen. Yeah, clearly. I mean, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Down. Um, we've seen an influx of. Uh, quarterback injuries this past yeah. year which made a huge difference um I, I do think that it that position is important so when you talk about wide receiver i do think that the tack a lot of these tackles and guards might go early some of these top guys so maybe you do have a wide receiver fall to you or, yeah. or a running back or, mm -hmm. or something fall to you that you're like okay well maybe i will take this guy could, here could the to her point could the you know always you always hope that the quarterbacks are the ones that drive front players to you sure mm -hmm. maybe the, trade back there yeah could the offensive tackles drive players to you I think yes. Or do you want yes. them to fall to you though? That's my thing. You I might want, want a Jordan Morgan out of Arizona. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all about you trying want a Tyler guy. Yeah, I, I'd love to try and attack the offensive line in the first round. I mean, I think that's just where the the meat and potatoes is of this first round. But I think you, it, to your point, yes, mm -hmm. I think absolutely. You've got we're looking at what seven, eight offensive yeah. tackles was... that could go in this first round, and that's not even including some like the Graham Bartons or the Fontenot from uh, Washington yeah. that we think could maybe kick inside and be interior players. I mean, I I think. Nick's right. Powers Johnson, you look at the versatility that he's got from Oregon, teams covet that. I mean, this dude's played all across the offensive line, and, I mean, it's it's tough to watch his tape last year and put anything negative in your notes. Yeah. The dude is just a clean player, and we've seen the impact. I think you can look at right now uh, the teams that just made it to the Final Four center. Yeah. And, and, oh, and, no, that's you're exactly right And I think and, and it, Travis Frederick – since he has left this Cowboys organization, and it's no disrespect to Tyler Biotish, but there's been a massive drop-off. Sure. And you look at some of the leaks and the issues that this offensive line has had, I think a lot of it has to do with in the middle and the center position. And every quarterback you can evaluate, if you get pressure right up your face, it is going to disrupt everything you want to do offensively. Your timing, your rhythm, you're flushed out of the pocket. So I think, yes, I think teams are going to covet these offensive linemen. I think all of them are going to see them differently. I think some will look at an Amarius Mims from Georgia and be like, hey, I don't care about the lack of starts. Yeah. This dude Whoa. is 20 years old. Yeah. He is a freak athlete. I can look at him and build him into an all-pro type of lineman, right? I think the same thing, maybe a Patrick Paul. We don't love him out of Houston. Yeah, I think he's a little bit sloppy, a little bit yeah. top-heavy. But skill set-wise, physically, he looks the part. I think everybody's going to look differently at these offensive tackles, mm -hmm. and it's going to cause one might go way earlier than we think. You know, a, a Kingsley uh, from BYU. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's playing in the Senior Bowl no, now. Try that last name, are you? So, so, I, no, I'm not. Suamataia. 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 I mean, well done. that's an, uh, th there's, no, I there's so many <laughs> offensive linemen. I think where they come off the, the board will be fascinating. That name, by the way, he didn't help. Did you not nail it? No, it is. He nailed, he, but he didn't help you while you needed the name. No. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. We got it. No, that, that is the thing, though, is that you're, if you're talking about like teams coveting offensive linemen and wanting to use that capital because that is where like the the real top-heavy aspect is of this. And, you know, receiver, offensive linemen, those are the guys that could be pushed down to you or whatever else, depending on how teams stack it. I do think you should covet offensive linemen, though, yeah. here. Like, like, you need to be part of that discussion. And, and I mean, that's something where they've got questions about center. Look, Zach Martin is getting yeah. older. Tyron Smith is getting older. 
Terrence Steele, he's here, but I mean, he's coming off of an injury. You got to see how he bounces back. So I, I think you can never have enough offensive linemen, especially offensive linemen with flexibility, um, who can can kind of play multiple positions. That's something they covet. Yeah. Mike Solari covets. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I, I think that offensive linemen should be high up on their first round consideration. They've, they've, they've proven that they could take first round offensive linemen and they're plug and play guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, that's the one thing you could take that to the bank with yep. these guys. I have a question. Um, <laughs> so since we're talking about offensive line, I'm very curious about Awesome Richards still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know because I was surprised in the instances where, you know, Tyron was out and got and, and he wasn't the next guy, like yeah. in those instances. Um even for them to go with Edoga before him. Well, we had seen to me enough of Edoga to know maybe that's not it sure. there. So I am curious about what I, I do think that'll play a role in some of maybe maybe some of their decision-making with if they decide to take a tackle early. But then also, too, you have Matt Willetsko, who yeah, has yeah. these shoulder injuries. What do you think you're going to consistently get from him at this point? Because this seems like a reoccurring thing with him since college. I think it's a, a hereditary thing from my understanding. Yeah. So it's like, hey, mm. that are those gentlemen going to make a difference in some of their decision-making? Or do you think that maybe we should be continuing to look no matter what? I think you got to keep looking. He's a fifth-round pick. Awesome I mean, Richards, I mean, he was he was high on our list of a day-three guy. Yeah. Right. And so when they, they took him at the fifth-round pick, that was a value there. But they've also shown as good as they are of picking guys in the first round, they also aren't going to rush day-three picks into a starting lineup yeah. either. And I think it's more of a developmental task for them with Awesome Richards. Okay. Plus, they don't want to put him in a situation like where Let's Go, where he's having to battle through injuries. He's having to battle through certain things. Josh Ball's another example from the 2020 draft of, of a, a guy, 2021 draft, of a guy that they took on day three. They wanted him to develop, and it hasn't necessarily worked out in their favor. They want to take their time with that guy, with Awesome Richards specifically, because they've maybe been burned in the past in a, in a situation so like that. I, I think you got I think you got to fix the center first. Yeah, me too. I'm looking at center. If, if, if you had to tell me, and this is nothing to, you know, like I said, I, I, I do have, I'm with you. I do have my concerns about Austin Richards. But I think he's the one guy that I was watching from North Carolina last year when, when he was taken. And I remember talking to Will McClay after the draft. I said, you got value there. Yeah. Yeah. You picked a guy. Because sometimes you take these kids and they might be, no offense to directional state school, whatever. But, you know, you, you get you kind of look at for trade. This kid played at North Carolina, played at a very high level, played against really good competition, played well against good competition. Yeah. I think there's I think the traits are there for him to develop. OK, but at center, I mean, if you want to talk about T.J. Bass, I haven't seen T.J. Bass play center. So that's what I'm saying. A lot of people say, well, why would you just plug Bass in at center or why would you just play Hoffman? Yeah, I like what you're saying, but also I'm looking at the draft right now and I see four guys I like better than that option. Right. You know, that I that I know I've seen these guys play center at a very high level. I think if you if you address the center spot here and you fix it, you're going to fix a lot of your offensive line problems. Preach. I agree I agree with you. And 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 that's gonna sound like a slam to uh to uh Biotish. And I mean that in no disrespect, but you, there are times where he is good, and there's times where he is a liability, mm. yeah. and and that is and and I and I think they know that, I think they know that, and and this it's just like you can't pass the opportunity, in my opinion, of how many good centers there are in this draft right. and not address that, you know. But maybe they will have a player 
in their stack mm-hmm. that's higher than a center, mm-hmm. and they will work it that way. And if that's the case, I admire them for doing that because they've done it before. And maybe it is one of those offensive tackles. I would still take one of those tackles, and, yeah. and I'm not concerned. Because, look, Awesome Richards, if he ends up being a swing tackle for you, that's an important position. I mean, we've seen that's that a great value with the Dallas Cowboys. Too, Absolutely. To swing tackle in the fifth? They've struggled. I mean, they, they, you, you mentioned Adoga. If he's a guy that can fill that spot, I'm totally okay with that. Good for him. Okay, Aisha. I'm going to let you take an offensive tackle or a linebacker. And they're both grades of the same hmm. on your board. And they're maybe maybe their tags are touching in your stack. Either an offensive tackle or a linebacker on your on your on your board. I'm probably gonna take a tackle. I mean, especially too with linebacker, we haven't I I don't know if we've talked about it a lot, but I think the D T position didn't help you with linebacker either. No, this no that's year. a good point. No, they and did not point. I mean, I ain't gonna you I, you kinda miss Carlos Watkins. No, yeah, I think you no. definitely did. I thought you kind of missed Carlos Watkins. I thought yeah. even getting, I mean, even Bohanna leaving, I yeah. felt like he did some decent things over there where he was this year. I mean, so to me, I I feel like personally you can get a DT and that could help out some of your linebacker okay. stuff, even if you decide to get a guy. But your tackle stuff, baby, you got to take care of that now because it yep. caused problems yeah. this year. But I do agree with you that center is important. And I also think it's important, too, to your point, Zach, is that Zach Martin is getting older. Yeah. yeah. And it's That's, not yeah. a knock to him, but, hey, he needs somebody steady on the other side of him because he's not only dealing with Terrence Steele coming back from injury, trying to, you know, get his things together. Absolutely. When your center's getting his hell kicked sometimes. <laughs> And your guards having yeah. to help yeah, out a yeah, lot because yeah. his awareness is there. He's aware. He yeah, knows. Yeah, yeah. You want him to be able to play sound and be confident in his position and not be worried about the guy next to him consistently. So I'm I'm also looking at that as well. But Just, I would say tackle. You guys feel the same way, Rule? Yeah, I, I do. I, I mean, way. I I know you mentioned you said if they were graded the same. I don't have a linebacker that's a first that's, round caliber not player. Yet but, but that's what I'm saying. If I mean, if they cool. were if they were if you if had, they were close, I'm they, taking the value. I'm of still tackle. taking the offensive line. Yeah. I, I think that's always an area that you need to replenish. And we've seen when this team has their best opportunity, it's because they're strong at the line of scrimmage. Mm. Watch my, watch my my podcast partner take a linebacker. But, 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 I'll be different. But, but, but. I'm going to take the linebacker. If they're graded the same, I'm taking the linebacker because, yeah, you, you point out, like, you look at conference championship weekend, it's great center play across the board, but also the, uh, the biggest difference, if you look at it, there's great linebacker play on yeah. all four that's of them. That's true. And, and you talk about the – You've got these issues <laughs> last year – Pretty consistently, it felt like of guys just like stepping in the wrong gap or reading and yeah. reacting too slowly or reading it wrong or whatever else. And so I think that to me, if you can get me, you know, if you're telling me it's Powers Johnson and Edge Cooper or something like that in the second round, like I would take Cooper at that point. Hmm. So I, to your point about that, though, should we be asking? Oh, I don't want to piss nobody off. Should we be asking? That's what the show's are done they for being, 11 years. I'm just saying. So should we be asking? What are y'all being coached? And I'm only asking that because it's been this is it's a consecutive thing. It's not just it's not just one player having these issues. I'm asking no, is no, that no. something it, that maybe it, we should be wondering about because this is a new linebacker it, coach. This is a new gentleman in the room. Is that does that matter? They also don't at have all? a ton of bodies there either. I mean, I, the yeah. depth matters, but I also too do think if we're consistently seeing players take the wrong reads, be in the wrong, it could be them just doing their own thing, but also too. We need to ask, like, what are you guys being taught? Because this is why are you jumping into the C gap when your assignment is A gap? Yeah, I, th- I think that I I would not. I, I think there's a lot you can put on coaching. I think at the end of the day, players have to make. Asking. No, no, I know. I think at the end of the day, players have to make plays. And I think that 
when you talk about reading and reacting, like like we've seen consistently, it's not just in Dallas. That is a league-wide problem. Like people talk about league-wide how there's just a lack of quality offensive line play. Like it's just a, a talent-starved position. Yeah. Nobody has enough good offensive linemen. There's routinely, how many times do we watch it feels like half the linebackers coming out, even the ones at the top, are like, wow, he does this real well, this real well. Uh, sometimes he's a guesser, though, and he just yeah. kind of runs in there. It's, just, it's a very mentally taxing position, and I think they're – two highest IQ linebackers they were without this year. The, the guys that they yeah. expected to carry them a little bit, Van Der Esch and even Overshone, yep. Clark guesses at times. And, and Clark can be a good player. It's just Clark guesses sometimes. That was something that they had happen with Devin Harper when mm -hmm. he was here. Like, it's just, it's it's an issue, I think, league-wide, the ability to read, react, identify all of those things. And Dallas has been hit by it just like anybody else has. So I, I coaching obviously comes into play at some point in that. But to me, I think a lot of that is just players get what they put in like, like they're going to get out of it the, the work that they put into this yeah. why is peyton wilson at north carolina state so banged up i love Oof, him i, I mean love this guy. I, i'm with you and too I, and i'm like yeah, and he's just so banged up nick and told I, me he was looking good out there though in senior of course yeah, of he's course, used to football he, he, player. he looks incredible he and he's looks had good. double digit surgeries yeah, you know i mean you're just uh, like you just shake your head and but you do you put on the tape and all that guy does is make plays. He's making right. every single play. Every single play. But, you know, th that's the dangers now that you're dealing with. You yeah. Know, the medicals. The risk versus reward. Yeah. You, you nailed it, though. I think Bobby mentioned the IQ. You're, you're lacking your general at the linebacker position. Okay. You brought up Patrick Queen. Patrick yeah. Queen was not the same player until Roquan Smith yeah, got exactly to Baltimore. Right. Yeah. Patrick Queen was a guy that wasn't living up to a first-round draft potential. They were wondering, should we even pick up a fifth-year option there? Wow. Roquan Smith comes. He starts wearing the green dot. He's calling the defense. All of a sudden, Patrick Queen can play free now. Yeah. I think you get a guy that can do that. Damone Clark's a different player, too. It's an, LSU, it's an LSU thing. Maybe it is. We're not the smartest but, guys. I mean, you, 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 Please. That's why I'm <laughs> Looking at, I'm looking at you know Tommy Eichenberg from Ohio State. Oh, geez, yes. That's a field general. Yeah. He's getting everybody lined up. Yeah. He can read. He can diagnose. Now, athletically, going sideline to sideline, he doesn't have you know fluid hips necessarily. Mm. He might have some things that kind of hold him back. That's why he'll slide. But mentally, he's there. Cedric Ray from North Carolina, I love it. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. from mm. Clemson. These are guys that know exactly what they're looking at. They're film junkies. You can tell the football IQ. And there's an element to that that I think, Dallas could help from, but there are a couple other ways that they could look at their players, too. When we come back, one of our Twitter on the 20 questions has to do with what type of draft theme could we see from that team across the hallway when we come back in a matter of moments. You're watching The Draft Show, presented by Miller Lite. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. I'm Darren Woodson, former Dallas Cowboy player and Super Bowl champion. When I played in the NFL at a high level, I relied on my vision to see the field. As I started getting older, I noticed my vision wasn't as good and I was getting frustrated from wearing my glasses all day. I went to LaserCare Eye Center and Dr. G talked about all the options. Thanks to technology and LaserCare Eye Center, I can see near, far, and between. Don't fumble your vision any longer. Visit them at dfweyes.com and tell them Darren sent you. 
They got me back on my game. In a stressful world, Lincoln provides balance and calm amidst the chaos by creating sanctuaries that move you through the world with ease. Our vehicles make your time richer and more uplifting with human-centric design, intelligent technology, and powerful performance. As the official luxury vehicle of the Dallas Cowboys, driving a Lincoln is just another way to show your team pride. Experience our full lineup of luxury vehicles, including the Corsair, Aviator, Navigator, and Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of us magically transforming our smoothie bowls into two new decadent flavors. Dig into a cool acai or pitaya bowl handcrafted with crunchy, purely Elizabeth granola, fresh strawberries, and finished with a velvety chocolate hazelnut drizzle. Perfect for breakfast, lunch, or anytime you want to munch. And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Welcome back into the Draft Show presented by Miller Lite. Taste you can depend on. This segment is brought to you by your Texas Ford dealers. Ford is the best in Texas. Brian Broaddus, Aisha Morrison, Bobby Belt, Zach Wolchuk. I'm Kyle Yeomans. And Chris Beam's in the back. He's getting ready to press a button because it's time for some... Twitter on the 20. Twitter on the 20. 20, 20, 20, 20. Sorry. There you go. That's did it, it do it? That was, that was Beam. Oh. We did it. It didn't do it. But that's okay. Okay. Uh, Luis it says. Gave out. It did. All these years, it just gave out. Just it was done. <laughs> uh, is this year's draft theme to get more physical players? If you were the front office, what would you do? In your approach, we'll start with Bobby Belt on that one. Uh, look, I mean, I, I think they had their physicality draft a couple of years ago. Like, and I, I think they feel like they got those guys. Like, I think they feel like toughness and physicality they got with Tyler Smith, they got with Jake Ferguson, they got with Sam Williams. Like, I think that was a a big point for them a it couple of years ago. pretty well for you. It did. Yeah. No, I, and I think that this year, I think they would say that the physicality thing has been more overblown than tape showed for most of the year. I think they felt like they were a pretty like reasonably physical football team for a lot of the year. And I'd probably agree with that. It was it was not the same issue you saw the first time they lost to San Francisco. That was a team that had a lot of trouble with physicality. Every game that year they ran into that. I think it's always a consideration. I, I it's always included in there. I, I think the mental makeup, I think there they I think they want some guys who are a little nasty and that that Jake Ferguson energy that gets up and kind of annoys people and things oh, like yeah. I think they like that. I think they want more guys like that. And so mm-hmm. I think that's a trait they'll look for. I don't think it's hey, this is the primary focus. This is how we're we're like this is the primary focus as we stack our board. But I think that that's going to be an important trait that if it's put in the scouting report, that's going to stand out to people here. What do you think? Why y'all look at me? Um, because it's your turn. Because you're on this show. Is it my turn? <laughs> it's, it's your my turn. turn. It's your it's turn. My turn. Oh, I thought we was going like. Count oh, we want to go. Hey, do your thing, girl. Yeah, no, no. I um, I do think it is important. We talk about the mental makeup of some of these guys. I, I, I kind of do want some guys that don't know no better. I really do. And part of me is just because this plan for this team does come with a lot of 
mental, yeah. emotional, different strain, different pressure. I definitely want to see if there's some gentlemen that they can bring in here who who just love football and, and want to go play like like a, like a Stickers, like who's just trying to prove himself and has that rawness to him and that edginess to him. To your point, I thought Jake Ferguson was a really good – because there's times you will look at Jake Ferguson make a play and he had the defense hype on the sideline. Yes. And I do think that that matters when you talk about temperament and once, once you get hit in the mouth, how you respond. What And I think that's the biggest thing is I'm looking for – I'm looking for them to have guys that respond better to getting hit in the mouth hmm. because I felt like every time they got hit in the mouth this past year, it was a struggle to to get back in that mode, and it was deflating at times as well. Yeah, and I, I will say I think that is a massive area where they missed Trayvon Diggs this year yeah. was they missed that intensity, they missed that edge. Uh, he, was yes. a, he was a tone That's setter a for them point. in the mm-hmm. secondary. And I think that when we talk about, like, jumping back a little bit, when we talk about resetting center and doing different things, like, you have to have an awareness that walking away from Tyler Biotish means also walking away from generally kind of your enforcer on the offensive line and the guy who has some of that edge and and plays with that intensity. For a team that wants more of that, like, I'm I'm not saying that he's come back, but for a team that wants more of that, like, you're going to have to consider that when you're looking at these centers, too, is how you're going to make that up if you're saying goodbye to him. Yeah, Yeah. and and that's everything that I'm looking at with these offensive linemen. You know, the the more grit, the more toughness, the more I'm playing through the whistle, the more I'm knocking your face in the dirt, we're going to get after it, down after down. That's what I'm watching. That's what you want. And you You got that in these centers. Yeah, so I know Tyler Biotish in training camp, don't pick a fight with me. The problem is we're seeing inconsistent and seeing Tyler Biotish getting overpowered and bullied at times. And can you upgrade that on the football field week in to week out? And I think some of these guys do give you some of that same play temperament that a Biotish does uh, and that you want. I, I think you're right. He is one of your guys along with Tyler Smith on the offensive line. But I think a lot of these tackles that we're watching, a lot of these guards and centers have that. That's certainly something that I'm looking at because I think one draft – you're not going to fix your toughness issue. I think that's something you commit to. That is something that you want overall. You're looking as players that you're drafting year in and year out. That's the kind of culture and temperament I want in my football team. I think you got to keep just going to that well. Give me the high IQ football player. Right. Because when this defense busts, it's because they bust coverages or they bust assignments or they do stuff that they're not supposed to do, what you were yeah. talking about earlier. Aisha, we're jumping in gaps. You know, knowing damn good and well you've got a gap and, you, and you're playing, all of a sudden you're standing in the C gap because you're guessing, you know. I, I, I give me, I, I think these guys are tough, mm-hmm. but give me the guys that, that make those instinctive plays. You know, there's, there's, I need more like, I need more of a Sean Lee. I need a tank. smart, yeah, tank. I need a smart, calculating, assignment sound player that I know that's going to not bust in in key situations. It seemed like to me that Green Bay game was nothing but busted coverages, yeah, busted assignments. You know, you know. There's I can understand getting physically beat on plays. But when you prep for a game and get ready and you see a formation, your assignments to do this, and you completely don't do that, then I can't play you. I can't put you on the field because you just gave up a 47-yard pass because you didn't carry the guy in man coverage. Hmm. You know, you could be tough all you want, but if you don't know what you're doing, then that's a problem. So I need more of those Sean Lee tough, but also that football IQ guy. Sounds like you guys need Javon Bullard from Georgia. Yeah. In that back end. Yeah. Generally your safety group. Hmm. 
You'll be fixed. You have to take him in the first? No, no, no. I think that uh, you could probably go day two on him. That's good. Like that, I think the, the one thing I said about him. <laughs> was the last time we just he's my he's so far I, he's my said? favorite guy in the entire draft. Oh, he's your pet cat, he's my dude. You know You're putting the, the staker on it. Yeah, yeah I love Javon Bullard. You know who Bullard. this guy is? Who is it? He's he's Petrie, the kid from Baylor. Jalen Petrie. Oh That's my it. God. This is who this kid is. That's what you think about him? I ain't watched him yet. I think yeah. he's think the best. He's Petrie. Petrie's turned out pretty good. Yeah. Look, I'll take him pound for pound, best DB in the entire class. Barnacles. I love him. He he's one of those he's one of those if it moves he'll strike it guys. You know, the ball skills are there. I mean, he, he, he's he got a high football IQ. You're absolutely right about that. He's short, though. He's a 5'11 guy. What he measured at the Senior Bowl, I'm sure that they've oh, got that. Uh, I need to check my guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that I had that somewhere in my life here. The spreadsheet's getting updated this week. Uh, all right. With uh, with that all being said, here's our second question for Bean oh, Twitter, Twitter on the 20. He was 5'10 and a half. He was 5'10. Oh, hey, short. Don't, 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 don't make the Winfield Jr. mistake. No, no, he's 5'10, 197. Now, he's he, okay. He will knock the you know what out of he's you. He's physical. <laughs> Downhill player. Yeah. Uh, or Colin asked, given the position strengths in the draft, offensive line, wide receiver as a couple examples, which positions do you think Dallas should be more aggressive at at upgrading through free agency as opposed to relying on the draft. It's a draft show, sir. DT. Well, it's (laughs) mostly to open up position-wise. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I think it is a good question, though, because with free agency coming before the draft, you're going to know some of the holes that are remaining in your roster. How much are they really going to jump into that? Defensive tackle, please. How much are they going to, Bobby, how much are they going to jump into that? Uh, so, I mean, I think that's they, – they every year will create contingencies. Sure. Like, like, every year they create contingencies across so that they can go best player available. I think if you're talking about actually having to – look, I mean, you got to free up cap space to begin with because right now you're projected to be $20 million plus yeah. over the, the cap. Mm. I, I think the thing for them – I would wonder if they would look at it and say, like, obviously they have they are going to have interest in some linebackers. They've been thin there, but I would wonder if they would look at it and say, because they want guys who are going to read and react correctly, they want IQ guys. If they would look and say, linebackers more somewhere. I'd like to have seen it on tape at the NFL level. Like I would, I would like to see that this guy's got experience, knows what he's doing. Let's go get this. Let me go get a veteran here to do this. So I wonder if some of those areas where they feel like they're particularly maybe IQ deficient, or and, and I don't want it to sound like dumb or anything but just like they're they're not as high up on football iq and the ability to read and react on some of those spots i wonder if that's where they would look more to replenish with veterans and create a base that way they're not having to guess with rookies because like you said when you talked about awesome richards and how they kept going back to Adoga, like coaches are always going to go back to the veterans yes. coaches sense. are yes. always going to bank gonna on the veterans back, yeah. and so if they've got somewhere where they feel like the the football IQ, the mental processing stuff like that is deficient. I think that's where you're more likely to see them dabble in free agency. So linebacker, safety, maybe some say, of those areas. Could you say I, center there too? Because you're talking about Tyler Biotish and knowing his intensity level and knowing what think, they've I th- seen. I think they I think if you ask some people around here, I think they would say that they think Brock Hoffman could start at center in the NFL. Yeah. I, I don't Brock know that they'd Brock say like played well. I don't know if they'd Brock's say he's got an edge to him too. There yeah, he did. Edge. I, I don't know that they, Bath, would, they both do. I don't know that they would say like this is our long term solution, but if that's a like they would, I think they'd feel comfortable with that as a contingency. Is like, hey, if we get wiped out, we can roll with this. Sure. I mean, they were. I think if Zach Martin had held out, like Brock Hoffman was starting at guard to begin the yeah. year last year. Wow. And so they, I, I think they really do believe in him, and he's somebody who could be part of their contingency plan at center. I get that. I, if we're talking about free agency, I would definitely be looking at what veteran defensive tackle you could get in free agency. And I only say that because love me some Hank is to infinity, infinity. However, 
when he's gotten injured, it's mattered for yeah. this team. And it's, it's unfortunately, it's happened at, like, key times. So when he's come back, like, I felt like he looked almost the same. But it's made a difference. But you also didn't get much from your rotation. No. And we're talking about linebacker, Bebe. They getting climbed on consistently for a reason. Yeah. And so, to me, you know, obviously we're on Mozzie Watch and all that stuff. I, I think also, too, you need proven talent there to move forward and kind of uh, stabilize the middle of your defense because a lot of this jumping out of gaps and compensating, a lot of that to me was because mm. of the middle of that defense not being shored up. So that's where I would be looking if I were, you know, important like that, to be looking for a, um, how to go forward and improve this team and outside of the draft. Those are two spots, linebacker and defensive tackle, that have some good names. Can I interest anybody in a veteran running back for yes. $3 million? Sounds good. Ooh, yeah, I hear. I'm in. Because I, I think we, we've talked a little Check. bit about this draft class at running back. And, and there's, not... there's certainly some guys that we like, mm-hmm. and, and that'll probably but go. Maybe pair third draft with a pair. I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that there's a running back like we looked at last year with the B. John Robinson oh, and Jameer no, Gibbs. Yeah. Where you're like, I can hand no, my no. backfield over yeah. to this guy and be yeah. good to go. Even yeah. Jameer Gibbs was a 12th overall pick, sure. and they still paired him with Montgomery, with Montgomery. and it worked yeah. out in I th- Detroit. You know, like Jalen Wright from Tennessee, I'm a big fan of. I mean, it's Ray Davis from Kentucky is right now in the senior bowl. I think there's definitely options. I mean, if you wanted to go with the Jonathan Brooks, Trey Benson what? from Florida State, but I think all these guys could benefit from a, a veteran mm-hmm. with you them. You Bowl veteran people here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What are Louisville uh, running back look like? Isaac uh, Garrido? Garrido? I saw I think him. it's Garrido. Garrido? Garrido's a great He's name a little undersized, back. right? Am I tripping? I had him at 6'1", 225. He's yeah. that big? He yeah, didn't look big. that big on the field. No, he looks well, maybe that's, that's the measurements I was working on. I'll tell you what, man. He's a transfer from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Gotta hate when I can't pronounce these kids' names the right way. Is it Gurin? Did I say it right? I'm looking Gerardino? it up currently. But I got it. Girardelli. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Please. But, but man, there's nothing. I mean, you watch him play against USC, and you watch him play against Miami, Boston College, Kentucky. This guy is a kind of a versatile player. Yes. And he can. You could throw it to him. He can run it. You have to get bodies to him. I mean, he is a zone runner when it comes to press the hole and then go. Mm-hmm. And I was really, really interested. I know, Bobby, we were talking about some names last night of people that might be. But this guy is a finisher. He's a, he's, he's a, he was a, uh, from Louisville, he, number 23. And uh, he's going to get north and south quick. I love his toughness. I love his ability to catch the football. And I love the traits about him for that because he's the downhill guy. So, that he might fit into that that third fourth round type of a back for somebody, but uh, I, I didn't know if he if he did anything for you guys. No, he stood out to me. Um, he stood out to me as a receiver. Yeah, that's 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 where I noticed him. It's right. Like, oh, okay, this dude can run some routes. Yeah. And I liked his uh, his hands were soft. He was yeah. definitely very explosive when he has the ball in his hands. To sure. your point, he can get in the open field and, and make plays and make people take bad angles. Um, yeah, you know, I I noticed him. Uh, yesterday, yeah, and I mean because they used. He looked a, short to you though. In, in real he life. looked lit. I he thought he little. was middle. Huh. Yeah, I, I swear, I promise you. I yeah. was, like when I saw him, I was like, oh, look at the measurements on him though. But, nah, if yeah. you say he's a bigger human than well, he's that's a what human, that's but. the the numbers they had on him was six one two twenty five. And really? yeah, that's what they had. But they had him at six foot at Wisconsin. Yeah, but the, yeah, I think that's exactly what they had him at Louisville. So 
that's probably going to go down, though. Yeah. I think he's probably more six well, foot, five eleven. Like to say, there. He's wide though. But it sounds like he's he's filled no, out. He's well, yeah, that's you the thing. Ray him, Davis, no, smaller guy, that's stocky. You watch him run. I Come mean, on, he Ray. is super productive when mm-hmm. you know he gets the opportunity. Carry. I mean, he carries the ball with some power to his game. So mm-hmm. kind of takes him a second to get going, but once he's going, boom, he's two and through. Yeah, he stood out to me too. All right, let's take our second break. When we come back, I want to hear who's the best you've watched this week. It could be Shrine Bowl in person. It could be Senior Bowl. It could be just general tape. film, but general tape. Yeah. yeah, give it all to me. When we come back with more of the draft show right after this. Hi, Drew Pearson, former Dallas Cowboy and now Pro Football Hall of Famer here. If you're struggling with your vision and tired of those contacts and glasses, don't throw a Hail Mary. Go where I went. Laser Care Eye Center, the official LASIK partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Drew, thank you so much for trusting us with your vision correction procedure. At Laser Care Eye Center, we offer six different vision correction procedures to help patients see. Check them out at dfwis.com. Tell them Drew sent you. Hood, hood. In a stressful world, Lincoln provides balance and calm amidst the chaos by creating sanctuaries that move you through the world with ease. Our vehicles make your time richer and more uplifting with human-centric design, intelligent technology, and powerful performance. As the official luxury vehicle of the Dallas Cowboys, driving a Lincoln is just another way to show your team pride. Experience our full lineup of luxury vehicles, including the Corsair, Aviator, Navigator, and Nautilus. At Lincoln.com. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of us magically transforming our smoothie bowls into two new decadent flavors. Dig into a cool acai or pitaya bowl handcrafted with crunchy, purely Elizabeth granola, fresh strawberries, and finished with a velvety chocolate hazelnut drizzle. Perfect for breakfast, lunch, or anytime you want to munch. And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. This This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the Draft Show, the 99th annual East-West Shrine Bowl will feature 130 of the nation's top NFL draft prospects Thursday, February 1st at the Star in Frisco. Tickets as low as as $20 are available at ShrineBowl.com. Proceeds benefit Shriners Children's. So plenty of time for you. And by plenty of time, I mean you've got like 48 hours. Get your tickets. Come on now. Get there. ShrineBowl.com. We'll be out there Thursday night. That'll be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Getting to finally see the game. Get to see it in person inside the Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. All right. Final segment. Zach Wolchuk, Bobby Belt, Brian Broaddus, Aisha Morrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Who's the best you've watched this week? And Aisha, you've been out in the in the Ford Center watching Shrine Bowl practice. We're going to start with you. Mm. Who I, you seen? I think one of the best players, consistent players I've seen this week is Mason McCormick, guard out of South Dakota State. Mm. Um, he's 6'5". Lord, he's 3'10", 3'15". I don't know who lying. Somebody lying. And... Um, <laughs> I was just so interested in how versatile he was because, you know, in these practices, they move guys from um, right guard, left guard, center. They want to see if you can – hey, yo, dude, 
He he played all those spots hmm. and looks sturdy. Um, he also too he can fly to the second level. He climbs really well. He has great foot quickness for his size, and he also too he he times his anchor really well to me. Is when he you know he dropped that ass. He drops yeah. that ass. He Bang. drops that ass, y'all. He he definitely puts a lot of stress on these uh, on these defensive ends, but also too when he clamps on you, you're pretty done. <laughs> the balance is there for him, and the hand placement is consistently really strong with him. I, I mean he's wrestling. He was wrestling. Wrestling, if you look at some of the some of the film from the one on ones, um, just aware as well. I, I thought he had a really good week, and I, I think people are going to be looking at him, especially since we talked about offensive line versatility matters. But hey, he's versatile, and he's shown he can do it. He can do it, and he also played multiple positions in college as well. So he Love stood that. out to me a lot this week. I like uh, Christian Mahogany, the guard from Mahogany. Boston College. Dude, yes. on this offensive really line kick. This dude can, I'm on an O-line kick, man. You know me. <laughs> I, I like my big uglies in the trenches, man. But this guy has played both sides, left and right guard. So, you know, he you, you can go ahead and switch him if you need to. But he fires off the ball in the run game. He plays with aggression. And when you watch him pull, this guy is violent off the edge. Uh, and you watched him against Florida State, and he ended up getting some, some reps 1v1 against Verse, especially where he gets pulled. And Jared Verse was like, uh-uh, please no. I don't want anything to do with you, sir. And I love Jared Verse. I think he might be my number two edge in this class. But he's got long arms. Not the quickest lateral movement, but he, he's a guy that can get to the second level, nasty in the run game, uses arm extension well to keep defenders off of him in pass pro. He's another guy, not a good base to him uh but but i love the way he once he gets latched on to he's got a firm anchor he's very very difficult to get off can win in a, fa- in a phone booth finishes blocks love his play temperament i think that's a kid that's made himself some money here over the weekend at Ooh. the east restaurant bowl what you got brian i'm gonna go for a player that i just uh, uh scouted this week and I, I i'm trying to decide the broadest boys are split my son thinks this guy is calvin ridley I think this guy's Jordan Addison. It's Xavier Worthy, the, the wide receiver from the University of okay, Texas. Okay, let's go. And Bennett says he's Calvin Ridley. He says he's a plus uh, route runner with breakout speed. I, I like what my son's saying there. But he plays outstanding in all areas. He's a big-time receiver. He's a big-time punt returner. He'll wow you with his ability to play in space. Mm-hmm. He can easily make the first man miss, no problem. He's a natural playmaker at best when you get him the ball. He's, he made one of the prettiest receptions I've ever seen in the Alabama game over Arnold, the corner there that we really, really like. Yeah. Just goes right over. I mean, he tracked the ball. This guy could beat you in numerous ways. He runs slants. He hits you with the deep ball. He's a fluid athlete. He's got elite explosiveness and speed. So if you're looking at wide receivers and you think you might see the, a Jordan Addison, who was a USC last year, and the Minnesota Vikings took, this is a very similar player to that type of guy. Uh, with uh, with uh, Xavier Worthy from the University of Texas. You know, it's interesting. You bring up University of Texas. I've got a receiver from the University of Texas as well, San Antonio, UTSA. Mm. Okay. I've got Josh Cephas from UTSA. Uh, big, lanky wide receiver. He's been mm-hmm. out here at the scene, or at the Shrine Bowl. They have him listed at where did it just go? I just had it. Six foot three, one hundred and eighty five pounds. So he's got some length to him. I liked his his route running. One of the things that I didn't like on film whenever he was playing against Conference USA and an American opponents as they made the jump this year, he was limited in the route tree. He didn't have a whole lot going on in terms of the route tree. 
turns it around. He comes out here. He's running curls. He's running seams. Yes. Great. Got it. But then he's got some out route to him. He's got some slants to him. He's been able to run those digs well. Uh, there was one rep yesterday where he ran really kind of an out and up and just got around his, his guy, built a ton of separation. Quarterback just completely missed him. Just a terrible mm. throw. And so – I like what he's done. It's been kind of limited in terms of the quarterback play yes. in the Shrine Bowl specifically. I think he's got a legitimate shot to go, let's say, early day three. Yeah, and, got a fourth-round grade on him. Yeah, I, I think I'd probably put him early fifth if just based off of it early. Running, where I'm going to see what he runs in the 40 and probably thinking maybe late four or fives not the speediest guy but he builds separation off of separation route running and i think that's something that I really works like. back to the football really well yeah yes. certainly a yak guy yard after catch he can make plays in space the one thing about him and for his size i was a little surprised he needs to get a little cleaner off press coverage mm -hmm. at the line of scrimmage he doesn't he wins at the line of scrimmage but not with physicality it's a little, it takes a little bit he doesn't waste steps that's well, he'll what engage, i like about he'll it. engage a little too much with the hand fighting which is fine. It's like he wants to get physical. He doesn't try. But it's like, no, nah, dude, I need you to get up the field and get in your route here. Right. I need you to quit playing pit pitter-patter with the corner here because the corner is fine mm -hmm. with that. I'll go ahead and, and disrupt the timing here. He needs to just get up the field and go. But I love Joshua Sivas. The yeah. one thing about him, he did run into some DWI issues yes. in college. I'm sure people are going to want to check uh, some character concerns there. And you'll have conversations. That's what, I mean, honestly, if yeah. Dallas, let's just say Dallas is looking at him. They're having him here. You can have them at the combine. 100%, and that might just be you'll, a maturity you'll, thing. You'll bring them down. You'll, you'll make oh, the yeah. trip down I-35. Yeah. You'll yeah. have plenty of conversations. You've all made some Absolutely. dumb decisions. So, yeah, I think there's – there's. A, you want to talk about them? No. <laughs> I don't. Oh, my God. What's the dumbest thing you've ever done? Let's not talk about <laughs> no. it. <laughs> no. You have anybody, Bobby? Yeah, so I've already, like I – mean, I've been running through offensive line this week, and so I finally got around to seeing the guy we talked about earlier today, Suomata Ia, and my mm. gosh, like that to me, that guy's going to be a star to me. I think he's going to be a dominant player at the next level, to be honest. He's got – he looks like he's built in a lab the the problems with him right now are i think technical things that are reflected from being such a young player he just turned 21 about a week ago i think uh but he's got mental processing stuff he obviously gets his pad level too high at times at times he's he's so nasty and intense he wants to just like blow everybody off ball it causes some over eagerness at times I, I think that you know causes him to miss on times but you're talking about a guy with the type of wingspan the ability to push guys upfield the ability when you talk about here in Dallas, when we're just looking at like guys wanting to improve the run game, getting up to the second level, being able to pull, do some different things. I, I think he's got special ability to do that. And this is somebody who, while there's mental processing stuff that you, that you have some concerns about when you watch it, I think what you do see, though, is natural instinct and feel. Mm -hmm. And so to me, I think typically whenever I've watched players in the past who have a natural feel and have natural instincts, I think that those other questions about reading and reacting, things like that, are fixable. They tend to get fixed. Colton Miller was like that. Colton Miller was yeah. a guy who had Oof. feel and instinct, but technique-wise was a mess. Yeah. And some of his processing was Boy. a mess, but it projected out because he had natural instinct. Man, I think you, you got this. again? Say the game. Suamata Ia. Suamata Ia. BYU. Okay. He's, uh, I think, man, I watched him against Texas and Texas Tech. He was much better against Tech than he was against Texas. And I think Bob up against that defensive I think line. Bobby, I think Bobby's got him right. I think he'll need to coordinate his hands and his feet better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that's something he's going to have to work on putting himself in better pass blocking positions because he gets a little lungy and he gets top heavy. But he could be tough to deal with. He needs to trust his side. strength more, don't yeah, you think? Yeah, he's like a he's massive strong. guy. Yeah, I mean, he is a massive guy. Six, six, I don't get the lunging out of position with him. It's tough, but I mean, he didn't allow a sack and 361 pass block snaps two yeah. years ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the dude's steady. Yeah, 
there's a lot to love about this offensive line class. I love it whenever we're bringing. I mean, you're thinking he's a star. Is he a first-round grade? Yeah, no, he's first-round grade for well, me. I think yeah. he nailed the awareness. Like, you can tell stunts and blitz pickups. He knows exactly where he needs to be. But there's there's growth, too, with yeah. a lot of these offensive linemen because they have the size, they have the ability. But then there's little knocks here and there, but they're all teachable knocks. Yeah. That's what I think this offensive line class stands out for me, at least out of the ones in the, the, the past couple of years. Mm. All right. We will be what back happened? on hmm? Thursday. What was that? Something happened? Nothing. I'll, okay. I'll bring up the center later. you bring it up? Bring it up later? It's a nice tease. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Thursday. Got a couple of days to deliver on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll be back Thursday. More Shrine Bowl practices, more Senior Bowl practices, more film to break down coming up at 11 Central Time. Bobby, it was great getting you back on the show today. Good to see you. Yeah. Thanks, Bobby. We'll have Nick Harris out there as well from Senior Bowl practice in Mobile, Alabama. For Chris Beam in the back, Bobby Belt, Zach Wolchuk, Brian Broaddus, Aisha Morris, and I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so Along from the draft show, we'll see you on Thursday. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!